0: Welcome to the North Street Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is an attempt to connect the people of North Street Community Church in Canton, Pennsylvania with each other and beyond as we interview people and talk about various subjects. I hope this can be a time of encouragement and discipleship as you listen. Enjoy. Welcome to the North Street Podcast. This is Ben Hess. And this is Keegan Wright. And uh, we're here today with another guest but we'll get to that first of all i had to mention that keegan did have a baby well you didn't have a baby yeah
1: charity had a baby
0: but But i was there you were there yeah and you're a big part of that um so that's that's exciting so congratulations and if anybody didn't know already so uh that's cool uh i've been mountain biking a lot that's one thing i've been trying to do most days to get some exercise so that's something that's been fun yeah um so, how are you guys doing? You doing, hanging in there?
1: Yeah, doing good. Jesse Michaels here, and he's, uh, he's sleeping pretty good for a newborn, so we're happy with that, and, uh, yeah, just excited to finally get to meet him, so...
0: Good. Yeah. All right, so let's just get on with the interview, then. Um, today we have Bob and Sandy Martin, and, um, boy, I mean, I know some stuff, because I've hung out with you guys. I, I'd say, so... So how are you guys connected here? Is I'm trying to think. With Canton Mennonite, long time, you know, Morris Run was uh, what? Mennonite is Mennonite, Mm -hmm. correct. And so you guys were part of the same area of churches in this area that was Mennonite.
2: Yeah, we were Morris Run Mennonite is was a sister church to Canton Mennonite. Right. For we've been in this area for thirty years. Yeah. So we've familiar with. This church, right? it was our sister church, and uh, we know a lot of the people from that, Yeah, so that you're era.
0: connected with us in that way. Correct. With me now, I, I'm trying to remember, I think, I, I don't remember exactly how I got in the mix. I know as a, as a youth, um, I went, like my, my most memorable times um wasn't necessarily going to Morris Run or anything, because we didn't really go up there, or, I mean, maybe for, like, a hymn sing or something. But it was more um, New, York, New York City. That was, right. I think, the biggest times, because we, we went to New York City with you. Uh, you did some missions trips and stuff there. So bef- right. before we get into that, though, let's back it up. Let's do what we usually do. And we usually ask uh, people uh, kind of where you're from originally, uh, have you always lived in Morris Morristown you said about 30 years you were there at the church but were you always there or did you come from yeah. somewhere else and um yeah maybe a little bit of your testimony yeah. that kind of thing so where are you from
2: okay <laughs> we're originally from Lancaster County we both grew up in Lancaster County um at an early age it was in our church it was uh at 12 years old, you get baptized. That's just the way it is. But mm. as far as my uh, really accepting Jesus as my Savior, it was a little after I was 12 years old. I didn't get baptized then because I knew that I wasn't ready. Ah. But right after that, we were at a George Bronx mm. tent meeting. Okay. And the Holy Spirit really worked on me, and I walked out behind the tent and sat on a farm wagon out back. And that's where I really committed my life to the Lord.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you had that personal like personal thing, that, that Thank thing the that happened. With God, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And what about you, Sandy? Yeah.
3: And I grew up in the Lancaster County area also and um, when the, our church had a revival meeting. Yep. And we were at the revival meetings, I was really shy, so I felt God, my heart was just pounding when they gave the altar call to accept Jesus as their savior. And I wanted to so bad I was, I was shy and so I was like afraid to stand up because they said you have to stand up. <laughs> and I was just like wanting to but I didn't want to and my friend a couple rows in front of me stood up and that gave me the
0: uh-huh.
3: boldness yeah. and I yeah. stood up too to accept Jesus as my savior and then okay. was baptized you know, soon after, okay. after that. So.
0: so how did you guys meet? I'm just curious. Youth group. Okay. Did
1: you go to the same church? No. No. Okay.
2: Uh, Our churches weren't that far apart. It was both Mennonite churches, but uh, we had a common friend in my youth group that went to my church that invited her to youth get-togethers and stuff. And so we started dating when we were, i just turned 16, and we dated for three years and then got married. Nice. So she's my only girlfriend yeah <laughs>
0: so that's so you guys got married young then yes we were yeah. young just yeah. like me <laughs> I <got> married. Young. <laughs> or i, I mean yeah. somewhat yeah yeah. 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 so
1: yeah. cool that's really cool so we'll, we'll probably jump back and forth around the timeline but um so yeah i've recently heard i don't know why i didn't know this before but that you guys were youth leaders for a while uh and so i'm youth leader here so that's interests me. So yeah, what are some stories of that? how do you get into that
2: and all that? Oh boy. (laughs) Well we've been youth leaders for many years. We, I did the boys club in our church downstate. Okay. And still have some of the boys checking in with me these 30 some years later. cool Uh, But then we had gone into voluntary service and when we went back we did not feel called to stay in Lancaster County. And so we did youth program down there and and worked with the church for four years before God gave the direct call to come to Toyota County. And the reason we came to Toyota County was to work with the youth program. Uh, It's called the NIPM program. It's uh, working with at-risk teens. So it's not actually a youth group, church youth group or anything like that. But we represent Christ, and that was five days a week when they're out of school. Cool, wow. During the summertime. <clears throat> During the yeah. summertime. So wow. I had to find a job, and I worked at a juvenile center for 15, 14 years. Okay. On second or third shift, so that I'd be have my days free to do this youth wow. program. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's where my gray hair comes from.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm getting some already.
2: I just do it once a week. So. Yeah,
3: yeah. And then we also ran like that was um during the summertime. And uh, after a while, we couldn't use the mini bikes anymore. That okay. um, it's the national As part of the program. As a part of the program. That was like if they be, kids behaved well, they'd have be able to ride the mini bikes. Gotcha. And, yeah, NIPM,
2: NIPM stands for National Program Using Minibikes. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So don't do that anymore, huh?
2: Yeah. No. no. no okay. They
3: actually have one in Wellsboro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
2: but the insurance and stuff and the proof of income and yeah. all that to be part of that. Uh, so, we went to New Adventure Club, right. we just changed the name, and the interesting part with that is, is they said, the board of directors says, we need to have something like the mini bikes as a carrot to draw the youth mm-hmm. into the program, and I said, no, I believe it's, as long as they know, someone cares about them. Ah. And it proved to be true. Wow. That's, what, that's cool. That's what draw, drew them in.
1: Huh. And that's awesome because then you get to see Jesus bringing people mm-hmm. in you, right. you know, because we know it's Jesus and that way that's stepping out the face saying, look, mm-hmm. Jesus is the one that's going to draw him just like he always has. And the best yeah.
2: story from that to, to bring that point out was we were driving in a van and all of a sudden the kids got quiet and they were huddled in the back of the van. Uh, that's usually never a good sign. Right. <laughs> but they turned around and they says, Bob, yeah, why do you put up with us? I said, "What do you mean? If we acted like we were just acting, our dad would have kicked us out a long time ago." And I looked at him in the mirror and I said, "Because I love you." And they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, okay." I turned around and kept talking. Mm-hmm. They they knew we cared for them, mm-hmm. and that would bring them out.
3: And the kids that we worked with were community kids. They weren't like I mean, our youth group would come along and they had a great influence, but it was mostly community kids that are more mm-hmm. at risk.
0: Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, so then you
2: pastored at Morris Run for... 15 years. 15 years? Okay. Correct. Okay. That was uh, up till five years ago. So we were at Morris Run for probably uh, 12 years or something like that before it passed. I started pastoring in the year 2000. Okay. 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 Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm until 2015
0: okay. and um, I'm trying to remember because um, like like I said my connection I remember New York City mm-hmm. and that was that was a pretty big deal for me like like it was it was um, I just I don't remember how I heard about going or just if somebody just said hey why don't you go well, one of my friends or what but it was just like yeah let's go to New York City with this guy Bob we go to this we'll do like homeless ministry we'll go out and see homeless people and that kind of thing and so tell me a little bit about that your experience there and uh
3: the first yeah. time that I got to go there, I think I went, got to go before Bob did, was with my daughter, okay. uh, Carla. She went there as a youth, and I said, well, you're not going to the city without Mom. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> along, too, as a chaperone. Yeah. She was pretty young. I think she was, like, 14. Yeah. And yeah. so I went along as a chaperone and uh, with a, a different youth group in Wellsboro. Okay. And then um, Bob started going along chaperoning them. Uh, in the, the future, he took over going and took yeah. many groups then after that.
2: Yeah, yeah the... People ask me why we do what we do, as far as mission work and stuff like that, why we take groups down to New York City. We were in uh, Brooklyn, at the scrap yards of Brooklyn, and it's a bad section. And uh, in the back of the van, I heard sobbing. And I looked and there was like four or five youth from uh, Wellsboro. In the back there and they were crying because of what they were seeing and their hearts were broken Hmm. and that was like the early sign for me of mission work is not just reaching out to the people that you're helping Hmm. but it's impacting the lives of those that go along Hmm. the ones that come to our mission in honduras the ones that went to new york city i hear many many stories how that has changed their life mm-hmm. and so forth so that's the big uh, part of why i kept going back to new york city yeah yeah
0: and i i, I think one of the reasons why it was impactful for me was it was, be, it was the first time i'd ever been to the city to new york city mm-hmm. first of all so i didn't you know and you start Getting close to the city and you're starting to get into traffic and I'm like, here I am in this big van and I don't know if we had a trail or two with us and we were like weaving in this traffic and I'm like, wow, this is quite the experience. You know, just that was impressionable to me yeah. and then uh, learning how to get around in the city and I was pretty much just along for the ride uh, yeah. and then, you know, there comes that point where, um, we were ministering to homeless people, giving them supplies, giving them, like, food and stuff. And it was kind of like, okay, here we are. And it's like, go find them. And, yeah. and we were just yeah. like, okay, do we just step out? and Yep. Yeah. It's like, just get out, and there's some people, and go talk to them. And yeah. That was really good. It was just like, yeah. y- you figured out how how easy it really was. Uh,
2: One thing that I do not uh, apologize for is getting people out of their comfort zone. (laughs) And many people have thanked me later, (laughs) maybe not at the time, (laughs) but later they said that that experience of getting them out of their comfort zone helped them in life also. Uh, And when you you finally do get out of your, your fear of the city and the overwhelmingness of the city, you realize that this person you're talking to is just an average joe yeah it's uh you're talking to a person that is uh either bad luck bad choices yeah. whatever the case may be we had one one gentleman said now nah, i don't want to be weird or anything but i just have one request can i have a hug mm. i haven't had a hug in a long long time mm-hmm. and so what that's saying is they want love Mm -hmm. and that's where presenting Jesus to the people we have some we have a a way that we can leave them love Mm -hmm. by you know bringing them to Christ and then they have that
0: comfort yeah absolutely yeah I think I think for me another big impactful moment for me being in in New York City was just the amount of diversity and the fact that you it helped me to like overcome some of my, uh, I don't know, presumptuous mm-hmm. attitudes towards different people, um, that you know I just that were different than me. I just didn't know them, and then I realized, oh, they're a lot like, mm-hmm. they're just like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't matter if they got tattoos everywhere. It doesn't matter if they're a different color, mm-hmm. or if they talk a little different they're pretty much just or if they're sleeping out in the street they're they're a lot more similar to me than I realized and so yeah
2: that was I think really healthy for me well actually the thing that I remember you the most about (laughs) in New York City is that point in your life you had the long hair I did (laughs) yes and the barbers were standing out (laughs) on the street and and uh yeah it wasn't the bronx it was up in brooklyn brooklyn okay. yeah up in brooklyn and they and when we went walking by they said they made a comment hey we could do something with that hair <laughs> so that's what, it that's was it awesome. was pretty shaggy yeah. it was pretty long and shaggy yeah. yeah. uh, that's good
0: uh, yeah. yeah no that was good because you know and that was right before Corlissa and I started dating and Corlissa was along okay. on that trip and uh, we were pretty much I think we were flirting and you know we
2: were pretty much like yeah
3: it it was it was definitely (laughs) yeah
2: i think i think that trip might have had an influence on the (laughs) the future probably i don't know did you guys call that coming (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: good times though man that's that was
1: that was good yeah so yeah okay uh so i heard recently that you were Actually, announced you were going to step down from youth at one point and then you didn't.
2: That's that is the truth. We were down at the beach with the program with the why or uh, with the new, adventure,
3: new club. adventure club, okay.
2: And we announced to the kids there that we were thinking of stepping down from the new adventure club and closing that program down uh, because, because he's passed yeah. I was passing at the time, and the Working age age me. difference, the, the age older. gap. Yeah, getting, You're getting old? you are getting, yes. getting older. And uh, I'll never forget Jackie Drew, now Lee, Jackie Lee, was laying there on the couch. And I was sitting there on the chair, and she says, Bob, if you guys quit, and with tears in her eyes, she says, who? Who? Who's going to tell people about Jesus? Mm. So we did the program four more years. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I said, oh, that there, that broke my heart. And I'm like, oh, we can't quit now. Uh, and so we good. actually continued that program for four more years because of Jackie. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. When Jackie was younger, we got to be in town there and we just invited her to church and her and her brothers and sisters come and yeah. sit on our lap and it was just a, <laughs> a really beautiful time of, of introducing them to the church there in Morris mm-hmm. Run That's and I awesome. just appreciated her life for many years.
0: So. so yeah, tell me more about life in Morris Run. So you guys, um, and you have children mm-hmm. and now you have grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, so what family life growing growing up in morris run what what's that like
2: (laughs) well morris run is one of your poorer communities in toyota county and uh we we said we wanted to live in morris run uh realtors tried to talk us out of that when we first came to the area they said your property value won't be resale value won't be any good and uh but we said, no, we want to live in Morris Run because that's where we're going to be working with the kids. And so we chose to live in Morris Run. Um, as far as having the children there and everything, I worked uh, overnights for juvenile center yeah, and then did home repairs during the day if I wasn't doing the youth program so Sandy could be at home without a job. Yeah. Sandy could be at home raising the children. Yeah, And so that worked out. Okay. All right.
3: And we have Four children all together they're all out of the house now and um, we have ten grandchildren and right. so it's such a blessing yeah. Yeah. to have, have the
0: so what, what was that like for you then Sandy as far as just um, yeah being in the community there with your children and then reaching out and like when you guys initially moved there was that hard for you or how how did that
3: when we moved there um, someone on on the board was the pastor of the Mennonite church there at Morse Run, yeah the vendors and they were two doors away from us and so that was like almost like another mom to me Mm. uh, Lois was and so we uh, and she's a very good at mentoring and she just took me under her wing so well Uh and um, has a passion for kids so she had a a kids club that met in her house every Mm -hmm week every Wednesday you know I think most of the year and she pulled me right in come on let's do this together (laughs) so we work together and then she's like wow let's have you know ladies Bible study there's so many ladies that are just hurting so invite the ladies from the community and we had Bible study for years and years at the house and then it went into somebody contacted me and said um, would you do uh, a mom's uh, mom's in touch which was you um, Pray for your kids in school for one hour Mm -hmm. every week. And so we pulled ladies in to do that. So I had good fellowship. Like I I had really good friends and fellowship growing up. And a a lot of it is, again, community ladies. But that's, um, I just felt like, um, I feel like when you move to a new place, plug into a church. You know, that becomes your family. Like my family was three and a half hours away, but they became my family. And that was really helpful, um, raising our children, things like that. Mm-hmm. And but Bob did work overnight, but he was able to come home in the morning when they were going off to school. They got to see him before he went off to, uh, before they went to school. Mostly they got to see him, and in the yeah. afternoons often he was there before he went to work. So, yeah. they did even though his schedule was crazy. Um, the kids got to see him a good bit, and yeah. that was really good. Good. Yeah. So and really early on we just um, decided that was something was important because our life was busy. Was we needed a family day, a family night, like this is our family night, we don't, you know, this is for our kids, games, whatever yeah. and uh, we put that into our, our life pretty early so that the kids knew that they were important yeah. and, and needed and supported and okay. and uh, that was that was a good thing for us. Yeah,
0: I definitely think being intentional about those things is really important uh, and yeah. any more today, it's like people are so busy mm-hmm. uh, cool. that if you don't if you're not intentional about that, it's just, you know, time, time has a way of, <laughs> of just getting used
2: up and <laughs> sure does. <laughs> and, and the children noticed like when we're running a youth program, like we were, mm-hmm. uh, the kids were around all the time. Yeah. Our door on our house was open and the kids would come in anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, so they needed that, that time that was their time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so you guys now um been going down to honduras correct and that's through why not you is that right why not you ministries why not you ministries how did you get into that
2: what um what drew you into that okay how you got into it god (laughs) why we're still doing it god the answer is god uh we went on 2011 we went on a mission trip with uh some girls from our church and when we were there we were dropping an interpreter off at this big building and so we someone in the van said can we pray for the building it wasn't even me can we pray for the building? Yes. Come on in. Lay hands on the building. And so we were all lined up in front of this building praying for it and praying for workers to come and help her. So the lady that was building the, it was an orphanage. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Going to be an orphanage. And, but the lady is a Honduran and she was up against the wall mm-hmm. in getting this building done. And so we said, okay, let's all go pray for it. And that's the easy part. You know, it's easy to pray for something. Lord, please help in this situation. Yeah. But it's the only time in my life so far where I heard an audible voice from God. As I was praying, my prayer was, Lord, please send workers to help this lady complete this building. And the answer, audible voice from behind me, and I turned around, and the only person back behind me was a guy who knew no English whatsoever. And the voice said, Why not you? That's why it's Why Not You Ministries. I got you. Why not you? I want you to bring workers to finish the building. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you think, Boy, if God, you just spoke out loud to me, then I would <laughs> know for sure. But it's not that easy. So for half a year, I didn't listen and finally I said to Sandy I got to go back and she said yeah I know you do and that was the first mission trip that she actually came along with okay and she was able to understand what I was going through and and the whole process and so six months later I went back and that was the start of why not you ministries we helped finish the building yeah a year later we had the building complete Wow, and uh, that was a miracle in itself. Yeah, and then uh, we made a board of directors, and we decided that we want to continue to working in that area of Honduras. And in two thousand fourteen, we got our five hundred one c three and became Why Not You Ministries, and have been working there ever since. Cool, nice.
0: Yeah. Nice. So, you guys take um, groups down periodically, or do you guys? How does that, I know you guys have been down there you know, for fairly long periods of time, and then you come back and then you go back down for another longer period of time, Correct. but then sometimes groups go down as well, is that right?
2: Correct. Uh, that's the way the program is set up, that we have a dormitory down there, yep. and groups from all over, we have groups from northern Pennsylvania, southern Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, we've had people from all over come down. Uh, so we will go down for three months at a time. And in that three months, we might have five groups come down. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of them are for one week. But then we also been getting a lot of long-term volunteers, um, mm-hmm. several from this church and several from Ohio mm-hmm. uh, and southern Pennsylvania, where they'll come for the whole summer. Okay. They'll come for a month at a time, whatever it is. Um, so we have a lot of different ways that people can come down to Honduras. Yes. One of the things I wanted our ministry to be like is there's a lot of missions out there that you have to be 16 right. to go on the mission trip. Right. Where we encourage people to come, uh, doesn't matter what age
3: with their yeah. parents
2: it doesn't yeah. matter what age yeah. Yeah. we want them and yeah. i think people i think people need when i say people i don't i'm not saying christians i'm mm-hmm. saying people need that experience mm-hmm. at an early age so that's why i'd rather have the young people come yeah. and have it change their life mm-hmm. then
3: mm-hmm.
2: than later uh because we've had several come down that are not we're not christian mm-hmm. We had a Buddhist down and uh, he was down there for a week and I find him sitting off by himself crying Mm -hmm. because of what he was experiencing in Honduras Mm -hmm. and the phrase he said has stuck with me and it will forever is, you guys are for real, Mm -hmm. you guys are for real. And so, that challenges us to run the ministry in a way that we stay real. Yeah. We stay real. Mm-hmm. Not a, yeah. not a put on. Not not shady. We yeah. keep. We keep. Uh, there are several times where we were. We yeah. have been tempted to <laughs> shade things. Yeah. But we said no. We cannot do that. Yeah. And so, by standing for what we believe and being real. Hmm. They see that. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, what types of outreach do you do down there then? Um, you know, there's, I'm sure there's needs as far
2: as. Uh, I'll do I'll yeah, talk about the construction curious. side and let yeah. Sandy talk about the other side. Sure. Um, um, yeah. Okay, uh, so what really started us reaching out into the community was. Uh, a great number of Hondurans up in the mountains, where we are in the vicinity of San Antonio, live on dirt floors. Okay. A big percentage, and so we started concreting floors. Okay. Um, which we started we did on our very first trip down, and that's how I got into it. And realizing that how much these families need a concrete floor okay. for health reasons. Well, that's what I was going to um, ask. Like, what are some
0: of the benefits? Yeah the that. parasites. Okay. Parasites
2: is the number one uh, that harms children down there. Okay. Number one thing. And so we that revolved then into uh, also clean water because okay. that's also the parasite carrier. Okay. And so by giving them a concrete floor and clean water it improves the health of the children so much yeah. and mm-hmm. the families are so appreciative and when you do something physical for them, they will listen to you spiritually.
0: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Um, the whole thing, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And so they're, they're ready to listen to us when they see us yeah. working. One time I had a gentleman sitting on a log and I'm like, well, where did he come from? And uh, he said, I'm just here to see you guys. He says, I heard you guys are doing this for free. And I couldn't believe it. And I just had to come and see it for myself. <laughs> so um, we definitely are impacting lives just by doing the humanitarian side of it, of concreting floors. And then Jeez. some houses you're in, the ceilings are really black because they didn't use a proper chimney. Because okay. uh-huh. most of them, 99% of them, that we work with cook with wood okay and if they don't have a proper chimney they they have it's just terrible inside <laughs> and uh the one lady we got we put a new chimney in for her the next time we come back she just had to show me she took her tin off the roof and turned it around so that it, it would be clean on the inside uh-huh. okay. oh, nice. and she was so happy for that <laughs> so uh concrete floors clean water chimneys that's the humanitarian type side of it and sometimes we do some some roofing because it looks like swiss cheese right uh so sometimes we do that but that, that's not on a normal basis yeah gotcha. and then sandy can tell you about our other side of the ministry
3: along with that building helping somebody with a floor it um just changes their heart like it, it gives them hope you know okay. that's what they say well you've given us some hope and uh so it like kind of improves the the morale of the family too. Okay, correct. You know like yeah. as a woman if I have to live on a dirt floor and raise my children on a dirt floor right. like I cannot even imagine not being able to sweep it very well and things right. like that and clean it or mop it or anything and uh, I can just see like a big joy a difference in the women that they they huh. have actually have a um, you know a concrete floor and they really appreciate yeah. that so. huh. another aspect is education um, we're involved yeah. in a lot of school uh, outreaches. We have like three different ways that we uh, do outreach in school. One is by taking supplies to the children, um, notebooks and pencils, kind of like we do through the MCC, um, notebooks, pencils, and some things that the kids need. And as we visit the schools, we have 36 different schools in our district. Okay. Um, as we visit them, then we'll do um, a craft project, mm-hmm. we'll sing some songs, and it's all around a Bible verse, you know, and mm-hmm. share a Bible verse and as we share the, um, all the, the supplies and things like that. So that's one of the ways that we do an outreach. Another way is that we actually um, teach English in our local school. We have a classroom where we are um, teaching English and if they know English in a third world in Honduras, that is helping them to get better jobs.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's
3: a, a big need there and actually the education the Board of Education would like everyone to learn English. They were trying to put that into their curriculum. And so having our, our local school that we're helping, that uh, they've given us a classroom there, they're just really excited about that uh, opportunity that we have. Nice. Good. And then another we, way we go to the schools is we have a beautiful U program, and that teaches young women. Okay. about um, purity and it um, provides some feminine prod- products and things like that yeah. um, and we also get to share the gospel message and just speak to girls and cool. that they're valuable they're important mm-hmm. and you know the god loves them and uh, have like an hour and a half or two hour program with them in the oh, different nice. schools okay. so those are some of the ways that okay. we do that cool. then one other project is our sponsor children. <laughs> so children can't go to school if they don't have their uniform and books and things like that. Okay. You, you're not allowed to come to school. And parents need to provide those things. So um, some kids are not in school and we help them to go to school. Um, $100 for an elementary um, age child, will supply them with the need- things that they need for the whole year, $100 for a year. For high school, it's about $175 for the year. And seniors uh, is a little bit more, but we have um, 63 kids that are sponsored from people here in uh, North America. And they uh, send the money in. Then we do regular visits to those kids. So we're going to those 63 kids and we're visiting with them and uh, building relationships, checking how they're doing with their teachers, making sure they have enough food, things like that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we do outreach with those kids, but really um, encouraging them Mm -hmm. because education is so important. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it, um, there's this huge cycle of poverty and uh, Mm -hmm. just giving them a a boost. And she said
2: about building relationships, and that's one of the key factors of working in that area is that we are building relationships with the Board of Education, and the local municipality mm-hmm. uh, we work with them to do a lot of concrete projects a lot of the Board of Education they pick out all the schools for us so we're not there doing our own thing mm-hmm. we're there working with the people of Honduras nice. the to reach the people of Honduras yeah. and uh, that the relationship building is so so very important mm-hmm. for yeah, the I ministry to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. I've always thought like the best best way for missions to work is kind of like how the green Berets or special forces do it so like they'll send in a small group of guys to train the locals um mm-hmm. uh, to do things they know the culture they know the region um we don't and so they're kind of doing that same same idea with right. missions like make connections and as they come to faith then it's their own and it's not some foreign people you know just mm-hmm. telling them what to do so <laughs> it's a lot more That's authentic right. and i think that was jesus's model so,
0: yeah, that's Maybe. for sure Yeah. so you guys have been back recently for a little while now um, are you able to go back down what's that looking like I know with no. coronavirus and all of that
2: uh, borders are kind of hard right now <laughs> borders are still closed at this time and all but one team actually Kyle Martin's team from this church right. is still scheduled but we gotta wait and see because all the other teams have canceled. Well, not really by choice. They can't, We can't go. Right. Uh, now, we did hear just last night that the borders might be opening up on the 17th okay. of August. Of August. But that's been there before and gone again. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're not sure. But it's gonna have to be open for a while before we can trust going down because they right. can shut back down at any time. Yeah, and then we'd have to get an embassy flight out again. Okay. And that's are them are expensive, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's still risky, even yep. if they say the borders are open. So, I'm not. Sh- we're it's up in the air. We don't yeah. know when we're going to be able to go back. Has um I I mean I don't know
0: much about how coronavirus has affected Honduras as far as both economic situation and. Um, just sickness. I don't know if it's had a big impact or not. Uh, do you have any ideas as far as?
2: Yeah, uh, that goes? they took it more seriously than the United States. Okay. And that surprised me for a third world country. Mm-hmm. But uh, you go through three checkpoints to go to the town. The town we normally go to. We have to oh, go wow. through three checkpoints. Get sprayed down with bleach water. Wow. Three times, and then to go in the store, you got to have your temperature taken. And also get sprayed down, and uh, you're always stepping into Clorox water baths wow. to go everywhere you go. Yeah. And you're only allowed out on certain days. Okay. And okay. so they just <laughs> since we left, they enforced it that, like our vehicle, would only be allowed on the road every other day, mm-hmm. according wow. to the license plate number. And so it's actually stricter down there, and the, the local mayor, the municipality, asked us not to be out. And so uh, it was real hard to go out and do any ministry. Then they did give us permission. We went with them and delivered food. Okay. And we did that for two weeks. And then uh, they did also let us go to our sponsor children. Okay. And provide them with food. Okay. And so there are certain times we're allowed out. But even to get out of our district, you had to have you have to have a letter from the mayor to get past the checkpoints. Okay. And so it's a lot stricter down there. And while they were real strict, they didn't have any cases in our area. As soon as they took the gate down at the bottom of the mountain, then uh, they got several cases in our area. Okay. So okay. them really holding the standard up has saved them from it being widespread. Okay. But the, ma- the major cities definitely have the yeah. COVID. And, yeah. uh, and it, we being Americans, they're looking at us and saying, you guys are bringing it yeah but it's not it's a lot of hondurans like when we fly down the plane is full of hondurans
0: yeah
2: going back and forth yeah so but it can come from the united states yes right. but it's not just the americans bringing it it's your own people bringing it back yeah. from america yeah yeah
3: i think it's like three some point uh percent of hondurans had the coronavirus oh okay so,
2: so it's was, low compared to the whole population okay but they are really uh, active on keeping it. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and
3: this and the cities um, is where you know when people are close together yeah. like it is here. That's where it was much uh, greater uh, risk, and that's where they told people they really have to stay home. Like kids were supposed to stay in their houses. They weren't supposed to go out, yeah. and um, no for jobs. You know you had to stay home. So mm-hmm. yeah. in a city, the food shortage was a lot worse. Yeah, um, some. Some corporations, if you've worked for them, because there are some big city, uh, corporations there, they would give a stipend of, of money to each employee, um, but not everyone, of yeah. course, received that in funds, and so that they did, uh, were very much struggling with uh, the food. In our, where we're at in the mountains, a farming community, it's not as difficult because people mostly live off the land there, okay. you know, and and that kind of thing so it wasn't as difficult there although people go from those communities to the city to work so yeah. you know there's there's some difficulty there too okay. but the food um, sure was a, a big need
2: yeah. during this time and we had uh, some missionaries that we know are heard of down there that they were out on the wrong day and they got their car confiscated they got fined Oh and, wow. and then they had to wait so many days to be able to go back out yeah. because of their number they being allowed out yeah. it, it's it's
0: a mess huh. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I imagine as you know time goes on here um, that there will be a need uh, due to all of the restrictions and due to everything I'm sure there'll be um, you know that need will continue and yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> with uh, food and all of that so well one thing I feel bad about is when we went down in March we went three days before everything shut down right but we have already promised these communities we were going to concrete their floors Mm. and they have the supplies there the sand and everything Mm -hmm. but then we got shut down yeah and we can't and so they're sitting there waiting on us Americans who promised to do their floor, yeah. but aren't around. Yeah, and it just makes me feel bad. I'm yeah. hoping that they understand <laughs> <laughs> and don't get too grumpy with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll keep on uh, doing it if you can, when you can, That's and right. uh, we'll yeah. hope hope for the best on that. Yeah, for, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, thank okay. you guys for
1: coming in and taking time to sit down, and chat with us, and mm-hmm. just. Thank you for what you do for yes. Jesus. And,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you um, for doing that, and mm-hmm. thank you for um, yeah taking me to New York City. And uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that should do you wanna do you wanna end in a prayer? Sure. And
1: then we can, yeah, I, pray. can. Yeah, I Dear Lord, we just thank you for for who you are and for your love and your greatness towards your people. And um, Lord, I just thank you that. You've just given us a piece of your heart just to care for your people, for just for your children, uh, those you've created and with a purpose and maybe they don't know it, and Lord, just thank you for people like Bob and Sandy that you just give a passion to go and to just uh, show your love to them and just to bring you to the darkest places, and I just thank you for that. Um, just thank you for Bob and Sandy, that you'll bless them and all they put their hands to, that they would just Uh, continue to walk with you and to listen to your your voice um, as you continue to guide them um, and that so we just thank you for the blessing they are to us and to our church family and and all those they meet just pray that you'll bless and keep them Uh, just thank you for this day and for being here with us in jesus name we pray Amen. amen amen all right thanks